Hey, if you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. Use promo code STUFF. 20 to receive $20 off your first month for listening to this podcast. Switch now at Visible.com. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. Hey, everyone. Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuckers Bryant with a full beard, actually. Yeah. Do you know what that would smell like if it caught fire? <laughs> Dude, it would smell, so, it would smell like mayonnaise. It's, it smelled worse than mayonnaise ever did. Jerry's in there like, <laughs> She doesn't like the smell of burning hair, huh? Or mayonnaise. Um, burning mayonnaise would be particularly bad if you had hair on top of it. Yeah, burning hairy mayonnaise <laughs> is the worst thing you can burn. So, Chuck, hopefully that will never happen while you're alive. It could possibly happen um, after you're deceased if you're cremated like a fellow named Ralph White who you know about. I've never heard of the guy. You have, too. Chuck, do you remember that horrid webcast we used to have? Yes. There's a guy. Oh, yeah. He was the president, past president of the Adventurers, Adventurers Club, and not to be confused with the one from South Park. This guy um, was a real-life adventurer, and he yeah. he was, I think he was like a, 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 a cameraman for um, a skydiving show called Ripcord, National Geographic. He was there when they... Discovered the Titanic. Yeah, buddies with uh, Jim Cameron. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was he he was second director, I think, on Titanic. Yeah, who was Jim Cameron was also in that club, the little club in L.A. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll bet uh, Ralph White got Jim Cameron in. Yeah, probably. And are we calling him Jim now? Sure. I didn't realize we were on that that friendly basis. Jim him. or Jimmy? Well, anyway, Ralph White was had a pretty cool post, not post mortem. He had a very cool posthumous story. Yeah. And that was he was cremated, mm-hmm. and his friends were so dedicated and loyal to him that um, whenever they go on a travel now, they take about a, a tenth, about a teaspoon or a tenth of a teaspoon, some very small amount yeah. of Ralph White's cremated remains mm-hmm. and scatter them wherever they go. Pretty cool. Yeah, I think he's in the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem. Yeah. Um, he's in Lake Bacall. Mm-hmm. He went on a space flight. And Ralph White's posthumous adventures kind of illustrate all the wonderful things you can do with a cremated body. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons why people choose to be cremated. It's highly portable, right? Absolutely. And it's nothing new, Chuck. Cremation's been going on for a very long time, hasn't it? Yeah, we won't get in. I mean, there's we could rattle off every country and when they started, but... Um, we really could because of this fine, fine yeah, article. very detailed. Written by a freelancer, right? Michelle Kim? Uh-huh. I've never heard of this person before, she but this is it. a really great article. Um, uh, but it has been around since prehistoric times. China's been doing it since 8,000 B.C. That's more than 10,000 years ago. More than 10,000 years ago. One uh, part of the history I did find interesting, though, and fitting since we did our Freemason cast was... Mm-hmm. 
the Freemasons during the French Revolution kind of pushed for cremation mm-hmm. because it was the whole, not anti-religion, but just sort of mixing it up with religion. No, they were anti-Catholic church. Well, yeah. Very much against the church, and they were saying, if you have yourself cremated, it's yeah. kind of like sticking your thumb up sure. your nose to the church, right? Cause, well, because Catholics said you can't get cremated mm-hmm. for a long time. Yeah, well, it kind of contradicts the whole resurrection thing. Yeah. You know? I'll like, say so. The body's kind of ha- got to be intact. It's right. like the one thing we can't do, you know? Just burn it. We can rise from the dead, but <laughs> right. if you're burned... Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and you you don't want to come back and find that you're nothing but ashes, because you're going to be ticked off, right? Right. Uh, the actual cremator, the cremation chamber, which I like to call the cremator, <laughs> even though that's not right Right. It sounds like all. a Krebs star product from the adventures of Pete and Pete. It does. Uh, it was invented in the late 1800s by Professor Brunetti. And uh, it started in earnest in the United States in Pennsylvania in 1876. Yeah. When Pennsylvania is a uh, non-licensed state still, which I thought was interesting. Is it really? Well, there's a, a little bit of a scandal that we'll talk about later. Yeah. That um, apparently there, the, the crematory business, you either have fine, upstanding people or like scum of the earth. Yeah. Running these places, right? Yeah. Let's talk about how this works, all right? Yeah, well, I got a stat for you real quick though, as far as its uh, popularity. Um, in 1958, 3.6% of bodies were cremated, and just a few years ago, that number is at 34%, and they expect it to be half by 2025. Right. Well, there's a lot of a lot of reasons why, right? I mean, we're running out of land. Um, sure. There's a lot of people who think that burials aren't so green, which is true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because they use like you know really nice woods and metals, and you have to pour cement lining, yeah. and the body's embalmed, so it's going to eventually leak out yeah. all of those things, right? Yeah. Well, we'll talk later about whether or not cremation's green, right. and a spoiler is it's not. <laughs> sort of is, but it's not. Well, it's not green, but it's definitely not green. It's not brown either. It's not black. It's somewhere in between. So, Chuckers, you ready to talk? Yeah, like just the actual process is pretty gruesome. Um, initially, uh, they store the body in, in a cool room mm-hmm. just to keep it nice and uh, fresh for the cremation. Um, it's usually examined by a, a coroner, and they have to like sign off and say this yeah. is good to go. Because you can't exhume the body later on if you need to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So no accidental death that hasn't right. been fully vetted. Like I imagine they wouldn't cremate like someone that was had any kind of uh, relation to a crime or anything like that. Right. Or at least not for a long time. Uh, and then what happens is they remove some things from your body if you have the following. Mm-hmm. Pacemaker. Mm-hmm. Breast implants. I know. Silicone breast implants. Uh, prosthesis. Or cancer seeds. Mm-hmm. The little radioactive seeds that they inject into a tumor and then beep, shoot with like a laser. Yeah. Or a radio frequency generator. Yeah. All, none of this stuff is good for, for cremation. So they remove that from your body. But there's some things that can't be removed. Well, they could remove it, but they tend not to, e.g. Yeah. fillings, mm-hmm. mercury fillings. Yeah, jewelry and uh, glasses. Like some people want, like you would be buried with your glasses mm-hmm. on. They want you cremated with your glasses on. Right, but in some countries, I didn't look this up, so I don't know what countries, there are laws against anybody who's cremating a body from touching anything on the body. Right. Right? you got to do it how you get it. Right. That's what they say on the shirts that you can buy, I think, in the gift shop. <laughs> Uh, and then they put the body, once it's been removed of these things, into a uh, flammable box, like a pine or cardboard box. Mm-hmm. They Or one made of hairy mayonnaise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They slide it into 
Uh, the incinerator's already preheated, by the way. Yes, to at least 1,100 yeah. degrees Fahrenheit, which is 593 degrees Celsius, I think, off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, and that's hot, Chuck. Yeah, it's got to be hot. But that's not, like, you don't just put the body in and then it just burns, it just catches fire, right? No. They actually shoot a column of flame at the torso. Like a jet engine. Yeah. Basically. So once the body's in, what's it called? The retort? Uh, it's called a retort. They slide it in there on the old metal rollers and, uh, families, sometimes you can watch this process through the window if you want. Yeah. And if you're Hindu, and if it's a Hindu mm-hmm. cremation, you can actually push go. Right, yeah, I guess to start the column yep. of flame, right? Uh-huh. You're just like, so long, Aunt yeah. Tina. So here comes the Aunt Tina, <laughs> the Hindu. Uh, <laughs> so the door is sealed up, obviously. Um, like you said, they aim it at your torso, and then this is what happens. This is the, the, the gruesome part, um, as you would expect when you have a jet engine, mm-hmm. uh, jet uh, flame shot at your torso. Mm-hmm. It ignites the container initially, obviously. Your body starts to dry out. All that water that's in your body pretty, leaves. Pretty quick. Yeah, I would imagine. Uh, your soft tissue tightens up. It burns up and it vaporizes. Your skin discolors and blisters and mm-hmm. splits. Mm-hmm. Just gross. Like um, a bratwurst on a grill. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the muscle chars. It flexes and your limbs actually can extend. Right. Like your limbs are moving. I looked all over the place to find discussions about this stuff, about like a body sitting up. That's the closest thing I saw was, does a body sit up? I think it was a wiki answer, so that it has zero credibility. But if if your muscles are contracting or tightening or doing anything, like, yeah, your arms can go up and... Crazy. I mean, imagine the people... in 8,000 BC in China, they're like, wait, they're not dead. <laughs> yeah, they're exactly. like waving. Yeah, I had a goldfish I tried to flush one time, and I put him in, and he started swimming again. And then I put him back in the tank, and he just floated. So and it then, was just like the water motion that was making I him look like? Well, no, I didn't flush it. Like I would, When I put him in the toilet, he started moving every single time. It was weird. That is weird. I'm pretty convinced he was dead, though. Or he was by the time I froze him in a block of ice. You'll find out when you get to heaven. That's right. Um, so your muscles have charred and tightened and your limbs are flailing about. And your bones, obviously, are the last thing to go. And they are uh, calcified and then kind of just flake off and crumble into little bone bits. Yeah. And, Chuck, uh, the bones that are uh, – or the stuff that is left are these charred bones that are – Really, it doesn't take a whole lot, I think, to pulverize them. Yeah. But it does take an extra step. And they actually do hold their shape. So you go from a, a body in a box to like a charred skeleton. Yeah. Is, is what it ultimately comes down to. And you either rake or sweep the remaining like bone yeah. material into something called a cremulator. Cremulator. And that is the, uh, that's a grinder that grinds up everything and pulverizes it into this fine, grainy, well, actually coarse, grainy, powder. Yeah, they ash. described it as like um ash is sort of a weird word because it's not like uh like charred ash from your fire. It's it's more like uh, gravel, they said, like little tiny bits of gravel. Right. Because it's pulverized bone, right? Yeah. Um and it usually takes about 2 to 3 hours depending on the kind of uh crematory I guess whatever machine you put it in. Yeah, there's different kinds. Right? And so, how how big your bones are, too. That has something to do with it, too. But also um I found that it it depends on the level of well there's there's something called the um Entertech 4 you should go on to Matthew's crematorium 
dot com. Uh-huh. They have specs, and it's just weird because these guys are like selling their crematorium, right? Uh, and it, here's all the specs for them. And this thing is like state of the art. Intertech Four is, um, and it burns a body in no more than seventy five minutes. Really? Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. That must have been the, the modern ones that they say are all like automated now. Well, right? they also sell them ones that burn a body in four hours. Oh, really? So it's like low end to high end. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Pay for what you get. Yeah. Um, and at the end of this whole process, you're going to end up with about three to nine pounds of ash. And that's actually, that's where it depends on your bones. They say it doesn't matter like how fat you are because I think that right. burns away pretty easily. Yeah, I would think so. So it's like your bone structure. Yeah. Bones tough to burn. I guess so. So, Chuck, these things, um, we said that they are preheated to about 1,100 degrees, right? But they get up to about 2,000. Yeah. So you can't just build this thing. You can't build an Intertech or whatever you're building right. out of um, regular brick or cement or something like that. I think it explode the first time you tried to do this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So they use a specialized composite brick material. Yeah. And actually, over time, the the interior will be eaten away. By the heat yeah. and the expansion and contraction, you'll actually lose surface. So apparently what's recommended is after um, the bricks lose about half of their width, they have to be replaced. Yeah, and it sounds kind of crude, but the um, way it's described in the article and the way I've heard it described is it's, it's sort of like a pizza oven. Yeah. They're made of similar things. Right. Cook a pizza. Cook a body. Cook a body. <laughs> so uh, these things go for 250000 Yeah, that's Down to 80000 right? Yeah. Something like that. Um, and they use natural gas or propane or um, propane accessories or diesel, I've seen. Um, but they used to burn coal. Yeah. And I imagine that was a real pain. Uh, yeah. I to would incinerate so. a body. Back in the 60s, mm-hmm. I think, they were still using coal. Got to keep stoking that fire. Right. Another thing I thought was cool was, um, and I started thinking, too, when you when you burn a fire, obviously, you see ashes kind of floating all over the place. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, surely they've got to you know, account for that when you're burning a body. And they do. They ignite a second flame in a side chamber, and that burns off dust that's trying to escape the retort. Mm-hmm. And some of them even shoot uh, water yeah. out the top to make sure none of the dust escapes out of the top of the plume, I guess. It's called uh, wet scrubbing. Wet scrubbing? Yes. Yeah, what, what else did we do? Oh, that was the uh, fluoride thing, right? Scrub, yeah. Scrubbing the inside of the... Uh, and uh, carbon sequestration. Yeah. My brain is getting too full these days. <laughs> Mine too. We need to stop doing the show. I know. And after it's all done, you can actually get remains, cremated remains. And I found that they say that you shouldn't call them cremains. That's what the the C-A-N-A says. Why? Uh, they just say it's sort of a crude thing that people, non-industry people say, let's just shorten it. And they're like, they think it's disrespectful. Gotcha. So we won't say the word cremains. But you can have your cremated remains mailed to you via USPS if you want. But that's it in the United States. Yeah. You can't do it via FedEx or UPS. Or you can't if they know what's yeah. in the box. Right. Um, and I couldn't find out why. There's no explanation on UPS's or FedEx's site. They just say, you can't, we won't ship that. Right. We, they also won't ship a disinterred body. Well, thank goodness for that. I guess, <laughs> but um, the the only thing I could, the only suggestion I could find why they wouldn't do that is you can't insure cremated remains. Oh yeah, that's probably it. Which I I, I imagine they insure everything somehow. Yeah, and they, they want to get hit with a lawsuit, right? Because people get mad when you lose their. Yeah, probably so. Uh, the other cool thing about the USPS though is that they they make sure to point out that it's got to be a sift proof box. <laughs> yeah. You don't want like ashes leaking out the side, and you have to have like somebody's got to sign for it. Right. So usually if you don't get an urn or whatever, when 
when you get your cremated remains, um, the the crematorium will have them in like a basically a plastic bag inside maybe a plastic lined right. box that's right. designed to hold this kind of thing, right? Yeah, and there may be just like very small remnants of other people with your remains. Like they do the best job they can. They burn one body at a time. Um, like you know, if you're on the up and up, as a good uh, cremator should be, mm-hmm. but. Inevitably, when you're talking about ash and you're sweeping it out, there might be a little bit of Joe mixed in with Harry, if you know what I mean. Well, I know what you mean. <laughs> so, Chuck, also, I guess the industry standard is just like you don't want to switch babies in a hospital, at the other end of life, you don't want to switch cremated remains of dead people, right? Good, good policy. So, apparently, they'll stick a tag in your mouth, like a, a metal disc, or yeah. they'll put it somewhere on your person mm-hmm. so that when you're when you're melted down, this thing's still there. Right. So you can be identified. Right. Um, you've got paperwork that goes with you from the moment you come to the crematorium to the moment you leave that's supposed to be with you every step of the way. Uh-huh. Um, and there's basically all of this is supposed to avoid a mix-up, right? It's supposed to. It doesn't always, especially when the crematorium operator or owner isn't on the up and up, as you said. And there's been plenty of examples of that, haven't there been? Yeah, I was a little alarmed to find out how little regulation goes on in some states. Yeah, only until the tri-state crematorium scandal Uh of, I think, 2002. Yeah. uh, Did Georgia close its loopholes, and now all crematoriums have to be licensed by the state. Yeah, in Georgia. but And and I actually got a different number here. She said 23 of the 50 states license. Mm -hmm. I've actually got... Only eight do not license is what I found. Oh, well, that's, that's it's better. But if you look, all of these, um, these examples in this uh, article yeah. are in the 2000s. So I wonder if that caused like a, a yeah, sweeping a expansion or crematorium regulation reform. I would say so. Because yeah. what happened in Georgia, we'll tell you in a sec, but if you see this on the news and you're in like Pennsylvania, they don't want that kind of – News hitting their state, so I would oh, imagine it, it probably spurred some uh, some action. It hit Pennsylvania, bud. Yeah, it did. Uh, let's talk about the Georgia guy first. Yeah, Ray Brent Marsh. Yeah, pleaded guilty and apologized. Yeah, he uh, he owned a crematorium in Noble, Georgia, and well, neither Chuck that? nor I know where that is. I have no idea. So don't ask. Um, I think it's a probably in the northwest. Because it's where Tennessee, Georgia, and Alabama come together, which is why you call it tri-state crematorium. You're serving all that three states. Sense. Sure. Um, and in all three states, the bodies of the beloved deceased were basically half buried out in the backyard because the cremator broke down and they just never got it fixed. Yeah, the incinerator broke. <laughs> yeah. And so I think 336 bodies in total were found. And... Um, <laughs> I found they originally they they could only charge him with uh, accepting money and fraud for services not rendered. Yeah, there was no there right. was no law in the books. They hit him with some other stuff though. What else did they? Get I think him? it must have come out after this article. He was actually charged with um, almost eight hundred counts of theft and abuse of a corpse. So they actually charged him with stealing these corpses. You don't want to go to prison with an uh, abuse of a corpse wrap on your head. They'll find out about that. Yeah, and he was uh, sentenced to 8,000 years in prison and um, plea bargained that down to 12 years somehow. Did you say 8,000 years? <laughs> yeah. That was almost a spit take. That, yeah, you were drinking your uh, beep drink and you almost spit it out. <laughs> uh, so yeah, 8,000 down to 12, which is a pretty good deal for him. 
Um, there was a $36 million settlement from 58 funeral homes that sent bodies to this guy. So they sued the funeral homes. Yeah. And then they brought a suit, an $80 million civil suit settlement against um, this guy and his father's estate. And they probably don't have that kind of dough, so they're probably going to do what happens when that happens, which is you go after the insurance company. Oh, yeah. The Georgia Farm Bureau. If the guy didn't even get around to having the incinerator fixed, he, <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't doesn't have, have any $80 million. He's got 300 bodies in his backyard, but... Yeah, so he's uh, he's in jail right now, as far as oh, I know. Oh, yeah. Almost for 8,000 years, apparently. I know. That's a long sentence. You said Pennsylvania didn't want that to happen. Probably it did. not. It did in 2005. What happened there? Th- there was a guy who ran a crematorium, and he had a he had a deal with the local women's hospital to cremate the remains of preterm babies, Ugh. basically aborted fetuses. This guy's job was to incinerate them. That's probably not a fun contract to sign. No, I even, even if think that's so. the way you make your money, you right. can't feel great about like I w- closing I that deal. So. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't go out for a big fat steak after <laughs> yeah, that one. Exactly. Um, the, w- the authorities, I guess, were tipped off, and they went into his garage and found in boxes the remains of 300 fetuses. Ugh. Actually, 19 of them were post-term. Really? So they, they were born children um, that he was supposed to cremate, and he didn't. But What'd they could only get them on 19 counts because they were unborn. Right. So he couldn't. they weren't technically human beings under the eyes of the law, so he didn't get anything for those. But for the 19, he uh, he got in some trouble. How much but he had him in his bo- I don't know. Oh, but man. he had them in boxes in his garage, too, which is apparently the M.O. of the shady crematorium operator. Yeah. I hope they threw the book at him. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they did. That makes me angry. Uh, can't you tell how angry I am? <laughs> um, in Lake Elsinore, California, Josh, in 2003, a, uh, a dodgy owner was selling body parts for uh, medical research, like heads, Yeah, to people. Yeah. Which means that he was cutting these heads off. Oh, yeah. And he was sentenced to 20 years in prison. And did I say, just say prison? <laughs> and then in uh, Mississippi... Uh, there was a, a really nice guy named Mark Seep who was mixing human remains together, giving out wrong ashes, dumping them into trash bins, and he was found guilty and put in jail too. Yeah. Did you say that um, Ray Brent Marsh was giving people wood ash and cement? I didn't mention that, but yeah, that's what he did. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's not like he was just like, oh, I, I got nothing. And he burned up entirely. Like, he was like, here's some cement and an urn. Yeah. Thanks for the money. Yeah, I understand a guy's incinerator burning and maybe not having the money to fix it, but I bet you anything, he may have made enough money to get it fixed after that and was like, hey, I'm kind of on to something here. Right. We don't actually have to do this. This is pure profit. Yeah, exactly. So, Chuck, before we get into things that you can do with um, the remains of a loved one, right? Yeah. Can we talk about it, whether or not it's green? I got a couple of stats here that I think are important. Yeah. So a lot of people are like a natural burial or a regular burial right. is not very green. And it's expensive, too, between like 7 and 10 grand. But then they also say, uh, you know, I don't want to go entirely green, which is uh, bio-cremation, right. which is alkaline hydrosis. We talked about that before and what you can do with the dead body. Remember, right. it turns you into oil that's poured down the drain. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. It is. So there just has to be something in between, though, right, for the yeah. conscientious person who maybe kind of believes in an afterlife and right. wants to do more with his body. Than How do you kind of believe in an afterlife? It's a vague gnawing. I wonder where you end up if head. you kind of believe. It's like a tick sucking back really? here. Like a like hot dog pack. Oh, God. 
So in 2009, uh, Reuters was doing this article on biocremation. They were talking about how green is regular cremation. Right. And it's not green at all. Like, you think about it, you're using tons of natural gas. Sure. Uh, not tons, it's hyperbolic, but you're using a lot of natural gas or diesel or whatever. You're using a lot of yeah. electricity. There's so emissions. It both. Um, so apparently it releases, a standard cremation releases about 880 pounds of CO2, yeah. just one body. And that's the big enemy. And it uses enough energy to basically power a 500-mile road trip. Really? So not not one and the same. Like, these are two separate things. Right. So it uses the energy to get you across country yeah. 500 miles, and depending on the size of your country, right. and it, it releases 880 pounds of CO2 into the air. I wonder what that compares to footprint-wise to, to standard burial. I think it's... Is it still I, better, I wonder? I think it... I don't know, man. I think it's just in, entirely different ways where I think maybe a natural or a regular or traditional burial yeah. is more, it's more polluting, like directly polluting into the, into the ground and that right, kind of thing. Right, and right. it's using up resources where, um, a, a cremation has less of an impact over time, but immediately it's a lot of input. It requires a lot of input. Gotcha. That's my concept of it. Right. I wouldn't mind being burned, but I like the, um, which country was it where they, like, burn you on top of the wood by, like, the banks of the river? That's India. Yeah, I like that. That's what, how I would want to go. Well, buddy, if you live in India and you're a Hindu, that's exactly how you have to go. That was a perfect segue to religion. I guess so. Uh, you said <laughs> Hindus, they mandate cremation. Yeah, they're the only only religion that does. Yeah, and it's uh, it's called, um, I'm going to go ahead and give it a whirl here, uh, Antam Sankar, which is last right. Nice. You want to hit the other one? Uh, Antiesti. Yeah, Antiesti, I think. Which is last sacrifice. Yeah, and that is, those are, uh, one of the 16 life rituals. I guess it would be the last one. Actually, I'll probably be corrected. There may be one after that. The whole rebirth and all that. Maybe. But the, the, I guess the, the smoke, um, gets the body to the next life. I bet it's one of the last four. I'll bet it is. I'll wager on that. Uh, and they, yeah, like you said, it's, uh, they're Hindu, so they, Say you dispose of this body and it ushers you and helps you be reborn into the next life when you're right. cremated. And while Hinduism is the only religion that mandates you have, that's how you, that's how your body is disposed of. Right. Um, Sikhism and Jainism are both kind of strongly endorse it, although they don't require it, right? Right. And um, you were saying that they, they cremate people in India along the banks of the river. Yeah. Most of their cremations, from what I understand, are open-air cremations. See, I like that idea. There's a city called Varanasi, which apparently is the holy city to be cremated in. Uh-huh. And you are um, cremated out in the open along the banks of the Ganges. Yeah, that's nice. But they do have an electric crematorium. But since there's a billion people who live in India and all the want electricity... This place uh, uh, suffers power outages. Does a it lot. really? Yeah. Oh man, that's sad. If you are a Christian, uh, Jewish, or you're Muslim, right, Josh, uh, they generally frown upon it because, or outright prohibit it, depending on which religion it is. Yeah, M- uh, Islam prohibits it. Yeah, they like they want you buried that day, right, the same day you die, preferably. Right. So um, in Judaism, Chuck, uh, I don't think it's actually restricted. I think you can if you want to, but the um, among Orthodox and conservative Jews, the the memory of the Holocaust sure. still understandably smarts t- 
to the point where they're like, why would you want to be cremated? This is, you know, this, it's, there's legacy is still around. So there's yeah, a lot yeah. of, there's a lot of Jews who don't want to be cremated, even though their religion doesn't prohibit it. Right. Understandably. Um, Protestants actually is where you're going to be, find some more open, uh, minds to cremation. They don't, you know, have any literature that says you should do this, but they're definitely more understanding about it than other religions. Right. And we talked about the Catholic Church having a problem with it. Yeah. Because of its association with subversiveness toward the church. Mm-hmm. But in the 60s, the Catholic Church said, hey, we've never really prohibited it. Right. You can get cremated if you want. And apparently they gave it a boost. That yeah. And the hula burger. People really catered <laughs> to the Catholics in the 60s. Uh, 30%, I found. Canon says that 30% of. Catholics are cremated now, so that's quite a boost, I would say. Right. Um, the Mormons also, they're not big on cremation, although they don't prohibit it. Yeah. And in countries where um, it's traditional, they're like, yeah, please, go ahead. But the Orthodox, Eastern Orthodox Church says nay. Yet. Yet. Good point. Thanks. Um, where are we now with some, can we talk about finally what you can do with your remains? I think it's high time, don't you? Not what you can do with your remains, because you clearly can't do anything. But That's not what you can do with your remains. <laughs> right. But what your friends and family can do with your remains. And uh, sometimes they like to um, keep you in an urn, and uh, they have these little cemetery-like buildings called uh, a columbarium, and they just hold ashes, from what I understand. Like your urn. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a vault. So some people choose that. That costs some dough, obviously. Uh, go ahead and tell us about your hero. I know you want to mention that. Who, Hunter T.? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was mixed with fireworks yeah. and shot out of a cannon, uh-huh. a 153-foot cannon, also called a memorial tower. And uh, apparently it's it was uh, a, an organization called Heavens Above Fireworks that did this, and every, anybody can do it. And Johnny Depp uh, paid for the, the uh-huh. whole party, right? Yeah, and from what I saw, it was if it was this British company, uh-huh. he would have paid about the equivalent of 3000 U.S. dollars oh, really? for a large fireworks display. That's what they charge. Since you mentioned money, actually, uh, I did see the average cremation cost is about sixteen hundred bucks. Yeah, and the average funeral, I saw five grand. Yeah, in this article, it's ten grand decided. Let's say somewhere between five and ten thousand dollars. Let's. But back to things you can do. We would be remiss um, if we didn't mention to our nerd friends that uh, Gene Roddenberry, creator of Star Trek fame, was everyone knows this. He was shot into space. So was uh, Timothy Leary. Oh, yeah, that's right. By the same company, Celestis. And they're still in business as far as I know. I bet they are. Uh, And then you've got Life Gem, which we've talked about, I think, again on the webcast. Uh Uh, You can take your um, cremated remains and have them compressed into a synthetic diamond. You can have your remains mixed into paint. And I guess that's not so much you can have, but you can probably just do that. It depends. Like there's 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 actually a guy who does something called um, ash portraits. Right? Oh, really? He paints and the he, picture. He does it just with the person's ashes. Ah. But he'll also mix it in with oil or whatever. Interesting. But he does portraits of the deceased. All right, I've changed my mind. I want to be remembered as dogs playing poker. That'd be pretty awesome. That's what I want. <laughs> That'd be really cool. Uh, what else can you do? Um, you can oh, you can become part of the uh, coral reef. I know there's companies that do that. Mm-hmm. There's a company called Eternal Reefs. I think is the big one. Well, that's a pretty obvious name, don't you think? And, and well, they actually they make different sized reefs. Uh huh. And what they do is they mix your remains in with cement. Yeah. And like so, the big one it can accommodate up to four family members. So if your family went down in a plane and uh-huh. you just feel like shelling out for one 
you know, coral reef, right? They've got you covered. It's like seven grand, really. Uh huh. And it's pretty big size, and it's cool looking. I mean, it looks like an artificial reef, and then you take it out and dump it overboard. And yeah, fish live amongst your your family members, who I really, really hope love scuba diving. Yeah, exactly. You remember uh, Keith Richards a couple of years ago? Mm-hmm. He's when- still alive. Well, no, his dad passed away, and he said that he snorted his father with cocaine. Yeah. And then, I mean, apparently he said this in an interview, then that came out, and he was like, no, 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 I was just kidding around. I, of course I didn't snort my father. Yeah. I think he snorted his father. Yeah, I think he did, too. There's so, a Six like Feet a Under um, episode where this, these people snort the remains of this girl. Really? Yeah. I don't remember that one. It was a good one. Uh, I do have some stats for you, though, what people uh, seem to like to do. 38% keep the um, ashes at their home. Mm-hmm. 37% uh, bury the ashes. 21% do the scatter. Very popular. I thought it would be more popular than that, though. The The most popular one is water scattering, and number two is scattering somewhere on family property. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Uh, 3% are put in the columbarium, and you might notice, Josh, that adds up to 99%. Yeah, there's 1% that go unclaimed. So sad. Right, it is sad, and I, apparently the people who own crematoriums find it sad too. Because yeah. even though after a set period of time in states that regulate this kind of stuff, which did we say the Federal Trade Commission regulates mortuaries? Yeah, there's no federal oversight no. for any crematorium. Comes out of the state. Um, but in states where there are regulations, they still say you can throw these out after a set period of time. Yeah. But most crematoriums, the up and up ones, will hang on to these things for decades. Because again, it's a small box. Sure. But I mean, they don't want to just throw it away. It's yeah. a person. And it's only 1%, so I don't imagine they're like overflowing with unclaimed remains. I would hope not. Uh, but since you did mention the scattering, uh, we should talk about some of the laws about scattering yeah. because you can't just scatter anywhere. No. The National Park Service has no official stance on scattering remains. They leave it up to each individual park. Yeah. But most of the parks say, unless there's like a grave area, right. like a designated grave area, you can't scatter ashes here. Well, it also said they kind of turned a blind eye. Like, Oh, really? They know it goes on, and I'm sure uh, some ashes in Yosemite Park are like, how are you going to tell the difference right. between that and like fire ash right. or dirt or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, but state parks, they say, or actually the National Forest Service doesn't regulate anything on their land. So that's where you would probably want to go. Like avoid the national park and just stay in the national forest. Right. Or go to your state park that was a beloved state park because they're a little more lax than the national parks. Right. The um, If you want to do water scattering or ocean scattering, yeah. um, the EPA says you got to be three miles away from the coastline. Right. Very prudish. Yeah. California's like, that's way too much. Um, they still have a restriction, but it's 500 feet, right? Yeah, pretty close. Um and people don't always follow regulations, right? Yeah. So you want to tell about the Cubs fan? Yeah, this was kind of a nice story. Um, Steve Goodman died of leukemia in 1984, diehard Cubbies fan. Sadly, mm-hmm. did not get to see the Cubs uh, win a World Series, as likely neither will you and I. <laughs> um, and four years later, he uh, his buddy snuck in before opening day and threw the ashes into the wind out over the field. Nice. It's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Did you ever hear of Graham Parsons' story? Yeah, his body was stolen, right? Yeah, his friends. Um, he said that he wanted to be 
it's cremated and scattered on Cap Rock in Joshua Tree right. National Park, right? Uh-huh. Um, and his parents found out he was dead and had his body shipped back for a private funeral. Oh, uh, really? And his friends found out that they weren't going to be invited, so they stole him. Right. And uh, took him out to Joshua Tree and opened the casket, threw some gasoline on him, and set him on fire. Five <laughs> gallons of gas, right? And it didn't work because we've said... Yeah, yeah, what it takes. So he was half cremated by the time the cops showed up. He's sort of melty. And just like Georgia, back then there was nothing about, there were no yeah. penalties for stealing a corpse, so they got them for theft of a casket, I think. That was, uh, did you see that movie? Uh-uh. The Johnny Knoxville played the guy that, his buddy? Uh-uh. It's not very good. Okay. I did stay in that hotel, though, actually. I mentioned, I meant to mention that in the Route the 66. Inn? Yeah, the Joshua Tree Inn. Cool. Not in his room, though. And before we move on from Scattering Josh, we have to mention, because we like to mention our movies, the excellent, excellent scene from The Big Lebowski. The scattering scene at the end of The Big Lebowski. <laughs> when all of them so just great. blew back all over them? Blew John Goodman. Uh, it was Steve Buscemi that died, right? I think so. And he uh, he threw him out in the wind and they blew back in their face over the ocean. <laughs> that was good. It was very good. Uh, Chuck, if I am dead and I'm being cremated and I'm part of 75% of the population, what country am I in? Uh, Sweden? Switzerland. Switzerland. If I've been cremated and I am part of just a meager 3% of the population, what country am I in? Ghana? That's right. That's right. And in between, or actually higher than that, Hong Kong is 83%. Uh, places like the Czech Republic and Singapore and the UK are sort of mid to high 70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, China and the Netherlands are about half. And uh, Italy, as far as European countries, was, I'm sorry, Ireland was 6%, Italy was 7%. And I bet ha- that has something to do with the Catholic thing. I would think so for sure. And the, the U.S. is about 30%, right? Yeah. I Thanks think to our large right. Protestant population. Right. And Hindu. And uh, there's also pet uh, cremation. Yeah, if you if you want to get into a burgeoning industry that went from pretty much nothing to uh, it's a three billion dollar industry yeah. is the latest stat. Uh-huh. Get into pet cremation, and mm-hmm. the people at um, Matthew's Crematorium mm-hmm. Supply they make pet cre- cremators too. Oh, uh, they do humans and pets. Mm-hmm. I, and I, and animals too. Apparently there's different types. So I guess oh, really? one you could fit a horse into and one are made for like dogs or something. Right. You know, I would support or I would I would be more likely to go into one of those because they say that some of the pet only crematoriums are a little um dodgy. Yeah, they're totally unregulated. Yeah, so they're just like burning your pets together and you don't know that the ashes you get. And if you're serious enough about your pet to get your pet cremated, mm-hmm. then you probably want your pet's ashes. Right. So you can handle cremation at home. Just dig a shallow hole in your backyard to serve as a fire break and do your neighbors a favor and shave your pet first before you set it on fire. We buried my animals growing up, my pets. Did you? Yeah, we have, I think at my old house, we probably had like four or five pets buried out in the woods. But we lived on like two acres in the woods. It wasn't like in a neighborhood. You didn't set any on fire? No, no, no. Well, that's it for cremation. Um, thanks for joining us for that one, right, Chuck? Yeah. I think we've covered pretty much everything in there, um, but if you want, it's a good, good article. A high caliber How Stuff Works article. Good. Not like the rest of these stinkers. <laughs> <laughs> Just type in cremation in the search bar, the jazzy search bar at howstuffworks.com. Jazzy? 
I'm just trying new stuff. We've been getting lots of uh, suggestions, by the way. Uh-huh. I like the ubiquitous search bar. That's pretty good. It's not everywhere, though. I mean, I guess it is everywhere, but it's... Eh, yeah, you're right. So, uh, I guess it's time for listener mail. Yeah, buddy, I got a couple today, a couple of short ones. Um, the first one is from the Sonicast, and, and this is a little old, but I promised this guy I would read it. Uh, this is from Mark and Easton M.D., I know you guys won't read this on a podcast. <laughs> Those are usually the ones I read. <laughs> but I just thought I'd write to tell you what happened to me this morning. In my frantic rush to get my daughter, Ellie, to a summer camp on time, uh, I had to run out of the house without having breakfast. That caused me to have to stop at a fast food joint, get one of those gross, greasy breakfast sandwiches. Uh, you would think it's bad enough, but it gets worse. As I drive from the driveway, I push play on the iPad and start listening to the show on saunas, where I started hearing about butt funk, Chuck sweating out gallons of fluid and having to visualize a naked Vigo Mortensen fighting in a sauna made my otherwise gross sandwich and greasy potato things one for the books. By the way, the podcast that I queued up next was all about taste buds, so now I know how I was able to taste my sandwich in the first place. Thanks a lot, guys. That's from Mark. Uh, if you do happen to read this on the e- on the air, would you? Uh, it would make Ellie and Lydia's day. And those are his daughters. Oh, hey, Ellie and Lydia. So, Mark, that is for you, my friend. And then this one, I didn't even think about, but it's kind of fitting. Do you remember when I told you about the little girl in Kent, Washington, who named her betta fish, Chuckers Jr.? Yeah, I saw this one. Chuckers Jr. is no more. Yeah. Uh, Monday night, I put Chuckers Jr. inside his small bowl so I could clean his bowl in the morning. Yesterday morning, I went to make my breakfast in front of his bowl as usual, but I... To make my breakfast, although she meant make his, which would be pretty cute. <laughs> uh, I felt something sticky on my foot, and I looked down, and to my horror, I saw Chuckers Jr. stuck to my foot, mm-hmm. all dried out. And it was horrible. Apparently, betas have been known to jump out of their bowls, and I guess Chuckers Jr. jumped pretty far because his bowl was a good foot away from the edge of the counter, wow. yet he still ended up on the floor. My theory is that he probably flopped around or something onto the floor. Um, <laughs> can't, can't you just let the little girl think her beta fish is special? Yeah, you're right. Uh, Chuckers Jr. is special, Katie. Also, I found out that the bowl that he was in had only a centimeter from the centimeter? top. Centimeter? Where's she from? Liberia? Yeah. She's from Kent, Washington. Um, she said you're usually supposed to leave about an inch between the top of the, the thing, I guess, to make it harder to jump out. It's the same thing, right? One centimeter equals one inch? I think so. It's like so, 40 degrees um, below. She she ends with this. At least Chuckers Jr. died a healthy fish. That's from Katie, age 13, in Kent, Washington. Well, thanks for your optimism, Katie. Yeah. Kent, I'm sorry about your breakfast sandwich. Although I'm hungry now. It wasn't Kent. It was Mark. She was from Kent. Oh, yeah. That's all right, though. Mark, sorry about your breakfast sandwich. Kent, I have no idea who you are. Uh, if you have a really cool cremation story, we want to hear about it. So wrap it up in an email and send it to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Want more How Stuff Works? Check out our blogs on the howstuffworks.com homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?
In business, first impressions are everything. And that's why every business owner needs to know about Ruby. Ruby is the virtual receptionist company who screens, transfers, and takes messages 24-7, all while making your customers feel special. You definitely don't want to hire a subpar front desk person. And with Ruby, they engage with your callers in a conversational way, just like your best employee would. Never miss another customer call again. This year, make your business the best it can be. Visit ruby.com today. Or just call them at 844-900-RUBY. Hey, if you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. Use promo code STUFF. 20 to receive $20 off your first month for listening to this podcast. Switch now at Visible.com. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month.